Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's it's a real pleasure talking to you. Um, uh, I'll just give a little bit of background of my uh, journey into the position I'm, I'm at at the moment. Um, I was born in Australia, in Sydney, Australia, and um, I, uh, I did an undergraduate degree in the late 80s, graduated in 1990. Um, the animation industry in Australia at that time was uh, pretty much non-existent because um, in the 80s, a lot of the work had been moved to Asia because it was cheaper to make it there. So um, I couldn't get any work as an animator and I couldn't, and there was actually no education for animation in those days, uh, formal education in Australia. Uh, so um, I worked for a number of years or about six years as a designer, and um, uh, but I was still animating on the... Uh, you know, teaching myself to become an animator. So I did a whole bunch of little short films. Those were the days we had to shoot on, you know, uh, draw it, put it on cell, paint it, shoot it under a, a rostrum camera, you know, get, get a sound design, all that sort of stuff. So it was filmmaking 101 as well. So I was self-taught in many respects. In 1996, um, the, there was a, a big explosion again in animation because the web industry started needing animators. So... Um, I had my little film seen by an animation supervisor and they liked my work and they employed me as an animator. So that's where my animation career started in 96, um, doing 2D animation. Then in 97, I took a year off and did a master's degree at the film school in, Aust in Sydney. And I was able to get my hands on um, 3D packages then. 3D uh, animation software then was very expensive and it could only be run on Silicon Graphics workstations which was a very expensive computer in those days. So I was able to get my hands on those machines and that software and taught myself that, uh, that's, that how to use that to animate, which led me, once I graduated, a little film, and uh, my little film went around the world, got into Annecy, uh, got into a number of festivals around the world, and it was seen here in America, and I got a job here in the United States. Uh, so I was brought over to Los Angeles to work on a movie called Deep Blue Sea, which was a very... Uh, I mean, it's big budget, but kind of B-grade horror shark movie. So I, um, I, I did very well in that movie uh, for that movie in that movie for my um, employer. So they decided to keep me, get me the um, a visa, and keep me in America. So cut a long story short, I was working in in the states um, for uh, from 1999 to 2015 on a number of different film projects. I worked uh, with directors like David Fincher, um, Clint Eastwood. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, JJ Abrams, um, uh, Michael Bay, you know, um, a whole bunch of different directors and on, on a whole bunch of different types of films, different projects from high end facial animation to, you know, giant robots to monsters. Um, I worked on a film with Terrence Malick. Um, doing dinosaurs, uh, you know, so a, a very wide range of different projects. Um, in 2015, I uh, decided to take a little bit of, um, well, change my direction. Um, I decided to teach. So a good friend of mine from Australia was, um, he got employed at SCAD, which is a school in Savannah, Georgia, a big art school there. And uh, he uh, uh, he'd been trying to get me and wanting me to tr to do teaching for a number of years. So I, I said, I'll try it. So I went over and I was teaching at SCAD for about eighteen months, um, and which is terrific experience. Um, I was teaching undergraduate and postgraduate students, and then um, I continued. I came back to Los Angeles um, and I continued teaching part time when I 
uh, got the job at DreamWorks. And uh, so DreamWorks, I, I went into episodic kids television, which is a different, whole different kettle of fish than commercials or, or um, feature films. Uh, it's it's a more of being it's a much longer time frame for the project and it's a more um, it's like being on a big train that you're continually you know having to to note and keep keep moving. Um, in in those roles at DreamWorks, I was uh, supervising studios, overseas studios, partner studios, which had approximately you know about 100 animated 150 animators per show. So I had I was it's quite a large number of teams that I was supervising. Um, and uh, part of that that process is, you know, developing characters, uh, giving di- um, animation direction, composition, um, uh, basically the whole gamut of the look of the show, getting it from the board artist through like a previous process through to final animation and then uh, working with compositors and effects to get the, the look correct. Talking about skills, Andrew, um, there are some people that say if you have the natural skills, you should follow what you like. But the reality is that most people, they acquire knowledge and they develop skills because the industries require them to do that, but they're not that happy doing that, but they have to, to do it. So what's your take on that? Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, there's, everyone's different in life. Um, everyone has a different kind of journey to follow. Uh, you, you know, some people um, have more, I suppose, luxuries to, of choices to, to make. But on, if you really want to do something, you really should do it. You really should give yourself the opportunity to try and achieve in that in that area. Uh, there is a, you know, not everyone can be an artist. You know, there are people who are naturally more drawn to it, right? But you can't be a good artist unless you, you know, continually practice. You know, that whole uh, idea of 90% perspiration and 10% inspiration, that is the truth of, of the you know, it's the reality of the uh, the situation. So if you, you know, if you have the passion for something, you have a natural ability that you're drawn to it and you're willing to put in, you know, the practice and have the uh, the strength of, of, um, of, um, of application, I suppose, to continually uh, work at it, even when things go bad sometimes, you know, uh, through the ups and downs, you know, you, you will be able to achieve. Uh, but it is it is up to the individual person. Um, but anyone can, you know, if you really want to do it, you can do it. Well, Andrew, I want to ask you uh, in regards to the what you're doing right now as an animation director. I really want to know what is the role and how is the responsibility? What is the responsibility for being the animation director and lead a lot of um, artists? What's the pro- what's the process? Well, yeah, the process and the responsibility uh-huh. in regards to that position. Okay, well, at DreamWorks, um, there because there's two broad divisions at DreamWorks. There's a features division, and then there's a uh, DreamWorks television division. And artists move back and forward between both uh, areas. And features is literally you're going to create 90 minutes, and you get three or four years to do it, right? And then uh, in episodic, you have to create 52 episodes, and you have three years to do it, 52 episodes of 24 minutes. You know, so there's a lot more stuff you got to create. So from an animation director's um, role in uh, episodic, uh, you start off with the scripts, right? You you have in the back of your mind the budget, you know, the resources that we have uh, at our disposal. 
I've been working on 3D projects. It's a little bit different working on a 2D project. Uh, so you have to take into account, you know, the complexity of the, des you know, the designs for the different um, props and sets and character design uh, from the uh, art, art team. And you have to take into account in the scripts what they want to do, the actual scope of and the, the, the size of the, uh, the story. So that's the first first thing you got to do is make sure you're able to do it within the budget. So that's a that's a budgetary thing. Um, it's almost like a like a production, like your producer in a way. Then once that's sorted out, you you um, uh, if I'm working on a new show like I did on Fast and Furious, you do have to look at the characters and you talk to the to the writers and the showrunners to be able to lock down how these characters uh, will perform, who they are which is a really important step because that's the root of the, you know, getting the story across. So for me personally, I look at things like st the status of the character. I, I create, you know, their background, who they are, um, uh, you know, how um, in Fast there was or the vehicles were also a character that were involved, you know, how the vehicles drove. Um, so all of those, those, um, those things, you know, you, you, mix up and you basically create a uh, blueprint for the animation teams overseas to have in the back of their mind so they can, you know, to inspire them to get the, the animation of the characters different to, to develop their personalities. Then once you've got all that done, uh, you go, you know, you go into production. So you have a story team, they're doing boards, just like in features. It's a similar thing if you're working in previews and features. And they're doing, they're doing their storyboards and you go through a whole range of uh, work with that. Uh, that you, you sit in on, but you're not, you know, you don't actually become really part of unless it's um, unless they're basically doing stuff that you can't you outside your budget. Then once that's done, you you have to prepare a whole episode. So you you do every shot in every uh, scene in the episode, and there's generally about 350 to about 450 shots per episode mm -hmm. uh, in an action show. You have to send a uh, the information to the studio overseas um, for everything that goes into that every scene. So characters, um, props, uh, the sets, if there's visual effects, if um, the type of lighting, uh, the um, uh, in Fast and Furious we had extra things like hair, we had um, things like uh, crowd simulations, uh, we had, um, uh, you know, um, there was a big thing we did a whole bunch of different ways of putting wind in hair when people are driving uh so all of those things go, go get sent to um the overseas studio with all the assets um and they ingest it and then they send it to their previous their, their previous teams and then they build it so then my my next steps is i'm getting the previous back which i call layout i give notes on that uh they they, they take those in another few weeks pass they send me back a primary pass, which is a blocking animation pass mm -hmm. with the changes I've already sent. Uh, so that's literally, you know, pose to pose. And um, so you get the the pacing, you get the tempo of the scenes, uh, the acting, if it's communicating, um, the uh, screen direction, making sure everything's working. Then once you're happy with that, you send, you know, your notes back. Then they come back and we have two passes at uh, secondary animation, which is the polish. They're putting in proper lip sync. Um, you've got the, the acting, the nuances. And once that's done, um, we go to a stage where it goes to the editor and we sit down, we have a big, they call it a lock, where they basically have to cut down the episode to, I think, whatever it is, 22 and a half minutes. I can't remember the actual exact number, but 
it is a, a very specific to the frame amount because it's it's what we're delivering to net well whoever the, the client is the shows I worked on were for Netflix and uh, once that locks in that's it it's it's locked in then we have another budget to do retakes on the shots with the lock and we have a couple of um, uh, rounds of that and that's done and then it goes into compositing and then I get pulled in again for the compositing pass to if there's any more animation changes. So that's that's the process of the start to the end. It takes about for one episode from the writing all the way to the lot to the finish about 32 weeks. So 32 weeks. wow, 32 weeks, yeah. So but what that means is that you know uh, at any one time I've got 10 episodes in different stages of finish, right? Of different stages of production. At any, you know, juggling at any one time. So I'm getting, you know, it's, it's a busy job. You're really, really busy dealing, bouncing around all these different episodes in different stages. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, the other thing is, of course, is the management issue where you're, you, you know, I'm, I'm managing three artists under me at DreamWorks who are working, helping me. And then I'm, I'm uh, managing the uh, lead artists over in uh, the studio, overseas studio, to um, help them with their, uh, you know, with their teams, getting keeping them on track and giving them any support and advice for to keep the show going along. So yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a busy job. Now, Andrew, um, talking about education, and and uh, we spoke a little bit before uh, related to how we promote our promoting. Um, the acquiring of knowledge and development of skills in Latin America. What's what's your projection as far as where do you think uh, people that wants to jump in this industry should uh, should look for as far as knowledge? Where do you see the, the available jobs in the future? I've never seen as much work as there is now ever. Right. I mean, with Netflix um, and. Uh, the other streaming services, the Apple streaming, the um, uh, Amazon, Hulu, Hulu uh, Disney, H- all of these companies, and this is just the companies in the United States. All you know, there's companies all around the world, big um, uh, entertainment companies, and which, like you're saying, in Asia as well, the Chinese, the Japanese, Korean. I mean, it's 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 a huge global industry. They're all needing artists, and it, it's never been better. You have been part of uh, projects such as animating virtual humans of augmented reality and mm-hmm. also uh, content also related to the design and privacy and a variety of IP for neurotechnological development, mm-hmm. exporting to Unreal Engine. So I want to ask you, how do you see the future with this new also free software uh, for future films, uh, commercials, education as well? Uh, with all well, with all of this that is happening in the technological world, oh, I think it's it's the way everything's heading that way. Uh, the project I'm working on at the moment is being rendered in Unreal. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I've just started, uh, a, you know, a new project with um, a independent company uh, that is very adult. It's completely different from the stuff I was doing at DreamWorks. It's a very adult show, uh, extremely adult. And uh, and for Netflix, but uh, the studio we're using is doing all the rendering in Unreal. So I've been on, you know, trying to, I've been doing the tutorials, like I was, what I was just saying, I'm learning now Unreal. And uh, so I can see the, the, you know, what I can create with it. And it's amazing. It really is. 
a few years ago, I worked with um, Unity. That's the, that were the augmented reality. We I had to animate um, Usher, was it? It was Usher and uh, a few few Hollywood celebrities advertising things. But that was back in the day when, in 2014, we had when they first were testing the uh, cell phones. When you press it and you point at a target, and the augmented reality comes up. So it was in the early days of that. So that's what I was working on creating the uh, the animation in Maya to be exported to Unreal. Oh, too, sorry, to Unity. But now with Unreal, you know, it's it, it doesn't really change the animation process much because you're still animating in a 3D package. We're, we're animating in Maya. But the fact you can render in real time, I mean, that's a, a game changer. I mean, you can, I can't tell you how many times you're waiting there for, you know, for the render to go through for a show and, you know, it's like down to the wire. Now, literally, you can just animate and test it and it's done. You know, it'll change it. So it's terrific and it's only going to get better and better. Right now, you, you mentioned you are also or you were in, in the educational field. So yes. um, you want to talk to us about a little bit about that? Uh, about my experience in, in teaching? In, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I was working, as I said, in Savannah, Georgia, for a school called the Savannah College of Art and Design. I think they were, they were founded in the uh, late seven, 1970s, and uh, they're quite a large institution. Uh, they have, oh, gee, I mean, we had our animation department in Savannah, we had over 2,000 students there. It was a lot of, lot of people going through the courses. Um, they are... Um, you know, they have a 2D and 3D uh, teaching program that, you know, but of course the principles of animation are the same for both, uh, you know, any anything you do. And, and a, a stop motion. Um, apart from in the animation, uh, character animation uh, department, we had uh, working alongside us a motion graphics uh, department, a gaming department, and a um, visual effects department. So there was a lot of cross pollination between the students you know um there was also a i was teaching a few students who came from the um they were doing the the uh, sequential art they had a, like a comic book they had a de uh, department there that taught that so i had a, a few students come and do my um, screen studies classes to learn about you know screen studies to to take that back to to comic book um well to pretend I mean, storyboarding basically uh so uh it's it's um i mean it's, it, it is a very strong course it uh the level of professors there are uh, very high the professors i worked with were, i mean they're amazing uh faculty um and uh you know um i've employed a couple of my students i've got you know at, my on, on fast and furious i employed one of my uh ex-students um and now she's an animation supervisor there so you know the the level of students who do come out are, are, are very high um yeah i mean for me personally teaching was incredibly enriching a lot of work but i learned a lot by teaching yeah because it's one of yeah. it, yes it, it's one of those things you know how to do the thing but explaining it to someone else in in the way that they're able to uh comprehend and feel confident with the information and uh and then be able to to take that information and, and learn from it that was a whole other skill set that I had to learn you know um and uh I was never I, I never went to teaching school or did a degree in it I had to just basically learn from building my own syllabuses uh looking at other 
professors work. Um, I was standing on the shoulder of giants and, uh, but wow. it was terrific. Yeah, it was terrific. Uh, I mean, I can teach all those courses now and I really enjoyed it. Someone interested in Unreal Engine, for example, or digital animation, like 3D Max or texturing or whatever, mm -hmm. they're better off uh, trying to uh, have a formal education in order to be focused and acquire high quality knowledge from someone that already have that knowledge on one side and on the other. If they do that, they will become connected with a different network. Do you think that's an advantage instead of uh, just watching YouTube videos? What do you think? Oh, uh, oh if the, the beauty of going to a school is you, you're meeting other like-minded people, you know, mm -hmm. and you, you're, the alumni that you create in a school setting will help you through your career, right? Um, it, I noticed personally coming from Australia, you know, coming to the United States, I was at a slight disadvantage because I didn't go to the schools here, right? A lot of the people I worked with, they, they all got jobs because they knew, like their, their school was recognised by, by people in, uh, in studios in positions of hiring power. So that's a huge advantage for, um, for people if you go and get a formal education from a school. Having that network that you mm -hmm. uh, actually um, foster while you're there, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, there, there's that. That's a huge thing to go, you know, to actually go and get a formal education. If you're talking about just getting a, an education besides finishing school, yeah, you have to do that. <laughs> I mean, finish, finish, uh, finish your formal education, you know, your schooling education. It, you, one thing about specialising in anything, you, you, de you develop as an artist through all the different things in life, not just, you know, learning how to, you know, the, the 12 principles of animation, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's all about... It's about uh, becoming a more rounded person, and especially when you're getting into situations of performance and acting. You know, that's that is. I found personally that I've become better at that as I've gotten older, and I've become more uh, aware of human nature and um, and how you know just how people work. And that's not from you know that's learning reading books and going to watching movies, going to plays, you know, doing just being observant of people, you know. So, it, you know, I think I think having, doing as much as possible and getting as wide and as broad a life experience as possible will make you a better whatever you do. And in animation as an artist, it definitely will help you with that, be a better, better an artist. Andrew, it's been, it's been really nice to hear you speaking about different, different things of your career and your life and different topics around the world. So we are very thankful for your time and um, finally, we would like to your take or a message from you to all those artists and professionals that would like to unpack their dreams and try to follow their careers in digital animation. Yeah. Oh, I, I think if if that's what you want to do, just go for it. I mean, and don't don't be uh, don't be worried if things come and you know stop you or or set, you know change your direction. Um, if you really want to do it, you'll you'll get there. And it's never been a better time than now to to start that journey. Me personally, my journey has not been a straight line. It's been all over the place, you know. Um, but when I look back at those experiences, it's made me a better artist, you know, in the long run. You know, I've had I've had to do so many different things in so many different areas. Uh, 
but I've learned doing that. I've had to, I've learned all about the production and I've learned all about um, storytelling. I've learned so much uh, more than just if I was like jumped in and was a character animator just working at Disney, you know, for twenty years. So it's yeah. I mean, don't just it's it's enjoying the the journey more than than the end result. The end result will come, but in once you actually get there, then you're like, what's you know, what's the next stage? So it's it's yeah. Just keep keep positive. Keep working hard. Working hard is very important. Um, the resources are there, and uh, and don't give up. You know, you, your your dream's worth it.